Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Dr. Jaime Cabrera-Dagosa, your host, and I'm so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the inner unicorn in you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have an adulting coach. She helps teens and young adults figure out who they want to be when they grow up and have the courage to try new things in order to live their own life successfully. So I'll let her talk a little bit more about this. So without further ado, I welcome Sarah Deacon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So what kind of led you to become an adulting coach? That's interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting journey because I never knew for myself who I wanted to be, what I wanted to be when I grew up. I always thought I was going to be an artist. When I was little, I loved to draw, paint, create all the things. I didn't have some, I didn't have the complete drive to continue on to do that because as I got older, I started exploring a lot of different things and art school required a huge commitment that I was not ready for. So I ended up doing all sorts of other things. I got an English major. I wrote poetry. I worked retail. I worked in childcare. I did all sorts of things. And in 2017, I started my own business, which is something I never thought I would do. And it was in the it was in the postpartum business, birth work. So I came and helped families transition to life with newborns. And that was going really well and I really loved it. But then the pandemic hit. So people did not want a stranger coming in to breathe on their newborns. But I was not going to go back to not having my own business because the freedom and flexibility it afforded me as I was raising my family, that kind of was, it was addictive. (laughs) I wanted to to stay doing my own thing because I could make the rules for myself. And looking back on all the experience I had, I turned to coaching and realized that even in the postpartum space, I had been doing that kind of all along whether I was in childcare, whether I was doing retail, like helping people find the right book or the right baby product or whatever. It was a matter of connecting with them, meeting where meeting them where they were at, and then helping them get what they needed, even if it wasn't the initial thing they came in for. So that kind of brought me to just coaching in general. And then over the past year and a half, I narrowed in to the teen and young adult space because people kept asking me for it. So I saw this huge need, as well as hearing from other people who I was connecting with and networking with that, hey, there's something about you, Sarah, that could connect to this kind of audience. And I was like, really? I never thought (laughs) I would be somebody who worked with teenagers, but now I do it on purpose and I really love it. Oh, that's amazing. And I wish I had you when I was growing up because I did not know what the heck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I still say, like, when I grow up, I'm going to do this because I think you're, we're always growing, right? <laughs> I And I do like to say I, I work with adults at all levels mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because I have. I worked with people as young as 12 and well up into their 50s and 60s. And then beyond that, I don't ask. And it it is. It's a constant evolution that we experience as we grow and move through through life, trying new things and figuring ourselves out. Yeah. And there's like this big pressure that we have that Mm -hmm. once we turn 18, we have to know exactly what we want to do, invest in college and that Mm -hmm. pathway, whatever we're going to do. And a lot of us, it creates so much debt because we're like, we thought we wanted to do 
is not what we wanted to do. So now we have to like throw that away and go over here. And I think it's good that you're really providing these tools at an early age because the, it's so hard, especially yeah. being first gen or if you don't have other people in your family that has gone through it, how do you know mm -hmm. what to do? And like you say, you think you you have some idea of what you want to do or that you do. Maybe you want to go to college and you know you want to go to college and that post-college vision of your life is not really very clear yet at 17, 18, 19 years old. So it, it can be more clearer, more clearly defined, and it can also change and being equipped with some of the tools and resources within yourself so that you can navigate those changes, those choices, options, opportunities, and know that even if you make a misstep or I don't like to use right or wrong, if you make a wrong step or if you make a mistake or you, mm -hmm. it doesn't work out the way you expected, you still have that tool, that resource within yourself to rely on and to adjust and not let it break you or completely derail you because like I said in, a little bit briefly in my story is looking back on all my wide and varied experiences there's value there there's value in each one of those steps I took a long and winding road and again like you say it costs a lot of money <laughs> to do this in college or in a four-year four-year university space that if I can save somebody the time the headache the money of having to do that on their own, then I've done my job. So <laughs> will, will they come out of their time with me with 100% of the answers? Probably not, but they'll have a much better idea of how to find the answers and be okay if they don't. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So what are some common themes or some common issues that you have seen as, as you've been working with these clients? Oh, gosh, there it's interesting where to start. I, I think you said things very clearly. I hear a lot of the parents say, oh, if only I had you when I was younger. <laughs> so you're not the first one to express that to me, I mean, but one of the things that, that I think all of us to a certain extent and the younger folks especially are dealing with anxiety. And I, again, there are times when it's appropriate to go and seek therapy there are times when therapists are not available for three months or yeah. more. So, so coaching can help equip with tools to manage anxiety and to really start exploring it and inquiring about the anxiety and the feelings that are really coming into play to start untangling it and help move forward through it. Even if it, even if those things that are causing anxiety don't necessarily change, there are different ways that we can take ownership of our own lives and, and move through it. So anxiety is a big piece, and especially post-pandemic, there there has been a lot of a lot of loss and grief, I think, is big uh, with with young people and again, so many adults as well. <laughs> and has it been hard and working with adults now transitioning with uh, a younger population? to with the commitment and because I know that when I was young I would change I would be super passionate about something for like two weeks and then I'll be like I give up now I want to do this so convincing them that when at least not giving up when the going gets hard yeah and that's something that definitely has been informed by some of my experience more recently because as an adult I came into the martial arts 
And I never considered myself a disciplined or focused person. And (laughs) here I am now a black belt. I'm working toward my second degree. And that whole experience really changed my, my perspective on discipline and commitment, where you have to be committed to yourself. What you do can change. Mm-hmm. What I try to tap into with my clients is connecting to that self, that the core values, the passions, and the purpose. Like, what makes you? Why are you here? What lights you up? And what gives you energy? Because I feel like when you're jumping from thing to thing, it's because there's something that's just not quite aligned. It's just not quite right. It's not quite the thing. So whatever rewards you're getting from it, it's the novelty for those like two weeks, two months, two years, whatever you're doing it for. And then the novelty wears off and you have to ask yourself, like, is this worth continuing? Mm. And if it's connected and aligned with your values, your purpose and your passions, the answer is yes, even when it gets hard. And that helps you push through those times where you feel like maybe it's not working Maybe you're the wrong person for it or all of those like thoughts that come in. I've experienced all of those and more (laughs) as I've explored my own business and been putting myself out there in different ways that scare me like crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I always have to ask myself, is this worth it? Is this who I am? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And the answer always comes. If I'm making a difference, if I'm making an impact, if I'm inspiring someone else, then yes, it is. And that gives me the courage to keep going, the, the commitment, the drive, and the permission to like take a step back, relax, rest, and refocus and ask myself those questions. And that's the value of a coach is because a lot of times people don't allow themselves that space to set back and kind of recalibrate and refocus and recommit because a commitment is one thing. But if you're in it for the long haul, you have to continually recommit. Yeah. And find a reason to do that. Yeah. And you said something that just, it, I think, is one of the hardest things to do in any stage in your life where you have committed for a long time and you ask those, yourself those reflective questions and you realize that maybe it is time for you to go a different route. But then mm-hmm. you're trying to convince yourself that you're not failing, you're not quitting. It's just, right. it's, I invested all of this. It's just a new chapter. And that can be very difficult for people to go. I know for me, it was really hard to let go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. 100%. Because, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to feel like a quitter or you don't want to feel like a failure. That's that's the biggest thing. So that is something that I bring is that perspective. What were the lessons? And did you get what you needed to get, even if it wasn't what you expected that you would get? Mm -hmm. Um, were the lessons there anyway and what were they and how can you take that failure air quotes failure and turn it into the learning I don't know I can't remember who said it but it might have been like Bruce Lee or somebody there's just you either win or you learn there's no losses it's either a lesson or it's a victory so I completely agree I feel like the only way that you truly fail is if you stop trying yeah And that's something that's, again, that's a risk with a lot of, especially young people today, too, is the ones who do give up completely and start having those suicidal ideations and and feel like there's just nothing for them. And that's 100% not true. 
there is always something to do next, even if it's something small. And even if you don't believe that it'll make a difference, it, it does and it will. And there is a reason that that we're all still here. Mm-hmm. With the clients that I work with, I always tell them the feeling that you're feeling now is going to fade. Mm-hmm. It feels intense because you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. I said, take a deep breath. Go do something fun. Treat yourself. Sleep on it. And let's talk tomorrow. Because right. anything that you're thinking now, any actions you're going to do in the moment as you're feeling it, yeah. is, is not going to be intuitive. It's going to be bit, like emotionally driven, which is not mm-hmm. the healthiest at times. So identifying and naming those emotions and understanding that they're not you. Mm-hmm. Super important. And especially when you're young, I have a group of high school students and they love the feelings wheel. Do the feelings wheel? Mm-hmm. If you Google the feelings wheel, you'll find it. But it's all the names for all these different feelings. And some of them are silly, but it, it gives language to the feeling. And then you can say, I feel this way, not I am this way. Yeah. And there's a big difference in the language, the words we use, the stories we tell influences those thoughts and then the feelings that come up around it. So we do what we do a lot of unpacking around the feelings because the good or bad, positive, negative, however you want to define the feelings, we are a mixture and it's always temporary. It's always changing. It's always ebbing and flowing in our lives. I love that you do that because I think emotionally, emotional intelligence is super, super needed. And a lot of people yeah. aren't aware that there's more emotions than sad, angry, and mad. Right. Yeah. And that we do have some control over the emotions that we feel based on the, to- the stories we're telling ourselves. And you can't always completely flip a switch on your emotions. That's not at all what I'm seeing. It's just that awareness, that emotional intelligence, that has a, it, it can have a huge impact if and when you're willing to step into it and not fight with it so much. And I know you mentioned some intense transition, especially during COVID. You went from one career to this career and then from this career to working with a different population. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some pretty intense transitions in your life. If you really had to think back, which, whether it be those three or other transitions, personal or, or professional, have been one of the hardest or more surprising transitions for you to go through? That's a really good question. I think the recent ones I was a little bit more well-equipped for because I had received mentoring, coaching, and some guidance along the way from having my business and from knowing the people that I knew and getting the training that I had. One of the biggest transitions and why I went into postpartum work myself was when I had my first son, when I became a parent, because I didn't expect the total identity upheaval Mm. of parenthood, of motherhood specifically. Yes, there's hormonal things at play and all of the things which you expect or you like it's on the radar. But just the that deep question of who am I now that this other little being needs everything from me. Mm -hmm. And it's like you lose yourself a little bit. And as I learned and looking back, I don't like to say I lost myself because I still was myself, but I had to look at myself differently and I had to redefine that self and it had to expand. It became a much more expansive, abundant self, even as it felt 
stifling and hard and wrong and like all of the different weird emotions that came up. It, it felt really, really tough. And it was an expanding through that breaking down and rebuilding. So, <laughs> yeah, I work with a lot of parents, and I yeah. think that's a very common thing that you mentioned. Our identity changes every time we go through a a traumatic event, a, a big change in our life. We add someone in our life, such as a child or a spouse, or we take away someone in our life because of death or breakups or whatnot. And we try to cling to the old self as much as possible. But then some of that will still be there, but we, you've transitioned into a whole new being. So embrace it. But that can be very hard. Right. And as I'm working with the, the teens into the young adulthood and to their 20s, it, it's a very similar kind of experience where it, what they had before to rely on for self-identity def definition and things like that it changes whether it, some things drop completely. Like if a high school athlete does not go on to play sports in college, for example, that that piece of the identity as a baseball player or a soccer player or a runner, whatever it is, if they don't go on to do that in, in college, that part of themselves falls away. Mm -hmm. And how they integrate it into who they are becoming is a whole beautiful journey that can be really hard work for the individual going through it. And it can be really, really beautiful and powerful to to see the new self emerge from those experiences. Yeah. And embracing the beauty. I think a lot of us focus on the negative aspects of the loss or the lack of and when, I, when our identities change, but really embracing, wow, there's this new part of me that I didn't know existed. Let me lean into it and see what I can learn from it and how I can admire that part of me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And what I really love is when people start to see, when I've started to see, when my clients started to see for themselves that the thing they did is not who they are and who they were in that thing, in that space or in that activity, the, there are aspects that, that translate and that come with them. And when they can see that they haven't, like you said, they, they haven't lost it completely. There, there's always a, that element of grief or grieving what, what was lost because there's really great things that, that sometimes you just have to leave behind because of the season of life you're in. And there is beauty to be found. And if we can, when we focus on the beauty, the gratitude, then that hard stuff, that grief, even if it's still there, it can be integrated, it can be managed, and it can be, and can be treated with compassion and love, which is something I do try to build up is that self-compassion, that self, that self-empathy, that, that love, because we, especially young people, they feel it so much when it comes to other people, when it comes to injustices, when it comes to their friends, or they see the wrongs of the world. And they're very much uh, impassioned warriors for this radical love and empathy. And it's beautiful and it's brilliant and I love it. And they also put a lot of pressure on themselves, not always in the kindest way in the self-talk. Mm -hmm. So we, we do definitely try to unpack that <laughs> and change those stories and help people treat themselves like they would treat that other person, that that good friend or that 
that child who's lost or the whatever the other person they're they're having so much empathy for help turn it back on themselves too because that's something that is really important for all of us to remember oh yeah definitely and let's say that someone one of your clients comes up to you and says hey i don't know who i am in this moment like how can you help them guide them through realizing finding themselves and finding where they need to go Oh, I ask a lot of questions (laughs) because it starts with that story. I don't know who I am in this moment. What about that story is true? What don't you know? What do you need to know to know who you are? And it's hard questions. And I'm not going to sit and let your audience just sit in silence and stew on that. But that's what I do. Okay, tell me more about that. What don't you know? What do you feel like you need to know? Why do you feel like you need to know that? Mm Mm-hmm. And can not knowing be okay right now? Mm, And and it it all depends on the person. It depends on the client, the relationship we've established and things like that. How how deep we can go or how Mm -hmm. much I can push. (laughs) (laughs) Because some some people are not ready for that conversation. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. But I just inviting more in the conversation, like what? what might be causing that feeling or did something happen to to them and that caused them to start questioning things or reflecting in that way. So it, it really does depend on the situation. But yeah, those are the kind of questions that I love digging into those questions because, <laughs> oh, that silence, it's a beautiful thing. We don't get enough of it. We don't get enough of that silence with our phones dinging in our like... I don't know. I have three kids, so I don't get a lot of silence in my house. (laughs) I love that. And it's you have to allow them time to really think these questions through. And sometimes they won't think about it because they're trying to rush to the answer. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. want like a pill where you they just take and they're like, aha, there it is. Everything is so clear to me. But you have to get them used to one. It's the long game Mm -hmm. and it's a revolving issue today you're going to know who you are tomorrow you may not Mm -hmm. and being comfortable with constantly adapting and delaying the gratification of knowing and really allowing them to continue to lean into this narrative of i'm going to consistently be changing and it's okay that i don't know all the answers i like to say i i provide that space for them to really breathe and look inward because again, like they're not necessarily seeking that out, even though they know that maybe there is something to that, like being in silence or being bored or being like tapping into that inner voice. They, with the the screens and all the things we have access to, there's the information is out there. They can go ask the AI whatever they want to know. <laughs> I it's, there's a time and a place and that there's tons of information. So that's another thing that comes up a lot is that information overload. Mm-hmm. We have access to so much. We don't even know where to begin. <laughs> and then there's that terror of making the wrong choice. If I go down this rabbit hole, then what else am I missing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or if I commit to this one path, what am I missing out on? Yeah. So that's where the space comes in, the silence, the... Let's just focus on being right here, right now, and see what comes up, see what can open in, in this space. When we finally have that, have access to that space to breathe and think and 
ask some real questions that nobody else is asking, it's really powerful and it's a great place to play. I love playing in that space because yeah. the things that come up are, I never go into a session thinking I know what's going to happen or that I know what's going to come out of it. Even if, even if I know the person I'm talking to really well, I go in completely blank. I follow where the conversation goes. And if I see one of those things where, oh, I'm just feeling, oh, tell me more. Okay. <laughs> and then I can usually pin to latch onto one thing and then find that really great question that makes them go, what? Huh? <laughs> and, and just blows the lid off it and blows the mind wide open. That's my favorite part is making the brain melt and then putting the pieces back together, <laughs> like picking it all up and saying, okay, now that you know this about yourself or now that you've seen this here's a next step that you can take. Here's one little thing that you can do with it. Because mm -hmm. we, we can, I've, I've heard from people who I had this coach that basically broke, broke me down and then didn't give me any tools to put myself back together. <laughs> that is not what we want. I'm not going there. We go there and then we, I make sure that it's, that it's okay. And there's some place to go from there. There's one little action, a little challenge they can take on, and then we can talk about it, see what comes up throughout between the time between sessions or whatever it is and check in and we make sure everything's okay and that they actually have something to, to somewhere to go from there. Because I know I've had those like brain melting, aha, ugh, stick me in the gut breakthroughs. And there have been times where I'm like, now what do I do? <laughs> and where sometimes the answer is you don't have to do anything. Because we're always, like you said, we're always looking for the next thing to do. What do we need to do? What do what's the answer? What's the pill? What's the cure? What's the Band-Aid? What's the, how do I fix it? Sometimes the answer is you don't. And try not to make yourself put something on top of this that doesn't fit. So it is, it's, it's really beautiful because it is custom tailored, unique to each person, like what they need and what is going to be revealed to them through the interaction of our energies, which is really cool. I really like that. And I don't know why, as you're saying this, I'm imagining a like a, a puzzle piece, like a, a puzzle board, I should say. And when they come to you, when clients come and want to get coaching, I feel that they have all the pieces and we tell them, okay, let's build the frame first. So that way, at least you know where mm -hmm. you, and they build the frame, but sometimes they, they notice that there's some gaps and it won't connect. And what they want, to, the path that they want to take is not necessarily the path that they need because they're missing a piece in the middle. And that's where you say you, you stop and you're like, wait, let's dive into this a little bit deeper. And even though they don't want to lean into that path, they need to get that piece so that they connect. I love that analogy and I am going to be using it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no, that I feel like that's super, super accurate. Yeah, for real. I like I've used this metaphor before. You see one of these. This is a cassette tape. Very retro. You can, you know, it's very old school. And the cassette tape metaphor that I use is the the music on the tape. Like that's who you are. That's your personality. That's who you were meant to be. That's your music. Right? You put it in the tape player and play it for a while. And sometimes it gets that that player, the world will unravel the tape. And if you've ever experienced a cassette tape getting all jumbled up in the cassette player and for your younger listeners, they may never have experienced this, but it starts going. 
And uh-huh. then you pull it out and all this, the magnetic tape is just all out of the tape. It's all jumbled up. I feel like that's what the world does to us. It pulls out our tape and it messes up our music. And with coaching or whatever other support, mentoring, a teacher, a guide, a parent, whoever is your support person, they can start to help you rewind up that tape again so that you reconnect to your original music. And then we can, then we go from there. Then we play there and we can translate it to, we can transfer it onto the CD or whatever the technology is of the day, (laughs) right? We level up the technology, we upgrade from there. But we have to be able to hear the music in order to transfer it to the next level, to the next iteration of yourself. I really like that. And it it makes sense. And you can't, sometimes the the pieces are so entangled that you can't really Mm -hmm. do it yourself. So you need someone else to really look out from an outside perspective and be like, oh, you need to undo these and then let's rewind. You need somebody who has the the picture on the box. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To go back to your puzzle metaphor it's like you're putting together the pieces without any pictures on them or something you know, something exactly. sometimes where you need somebody to step back and be like oh it's gonna look like this and let's find that piece that fits because that's what we're looking for so yeah i think both of those metaphors are really right on <laughs> so you've gained so much knowledge in over the years and i can just see how much like wealth of knowledge you have so If you were to go back and give yourself a piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? Oh, I've gotten this question before and then I got made fun of because (laughs) I, because I'm a coach, I I would ask myself a question. (laughs) Um, Because again, I feel like if I would go back and give myself advice, I wouldn't listen to me. Because that's just, I I would maybe ask myself some of the questions I ask to my clients. What makes you think that this is right for you? Or what do you plan to do with this? really expensive degree that you're going to be paying for the rest of your life. Because I went to Boston University and I am from Wisconsin, so it was out of state and very expensive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Having more of an idea or being able to, like being invited to explore what I was looking for. And like looking back, I know what I was looking for. I was looking for an experience away from home that was safe because school was safe for me. School was something I knew. It was comfortable. And I liked school. I liked to learn. And I've continued, like, continued to learn. And now I know I can learn without paying a lot of money for a college <laughs> degree. And sometimes you do need a college degree. So it, it, it depends what I would have asked myself. What are you looking for? Because I don't think I knew back then. So looking back, I can, I can see some of it. Mm. But if somebody would have asked me just the right question or seen me in my confusion, I feel like, Like you said, going back, I could have used me (laughs) when I was younger, but that it wasn't a thing. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to bother my teachers, even though again they were there to help me. (laughs) So what did I? What was stopping me? What was that fear? Yeah, I don't know if I have one piece of advice or one question, but I guess if I had to pick, it would be like, hey, what do you want? What do you want your life to be like for real? (laughs) Because you're not going to be in school forever. And as simple as that may be, a lot of us don't ask ourselves that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spend a lot of time thinking about what we don't want, what we want to avoid. Mm-hmm. And guess what comes into our lives? Those things we want to avoid. <laughs> because we're still giving attention to those things mm-hmm. by saying, oh, I don't want that. I used to say, I don't ever want to work with teenagers. Guess what? Here I am. Mm-hmm. 
Because universe doesn't hear don't. We don't hear don't. Little kids don't hear don't. Don't say don't run in the street because they hear run in the street. That's don't think of a purple elephant. What are you thinking of? You're thinking of a purple <laughs> elephant. We've got to we've got to learn and teach ourselves to focus on what we do want. Mm-hmm. If I tell you so, like stop doing something or don't do that, and I don't tell you what to do or what to focus on or what to think about, you're just going to focus on that thing you don't want. And that's what I think a lot of us spend a ton of our time doing. So it, it is I it's been a long training process starting maybe even before parenthood, but in parenthood completely is, okay, how do I teach and guide? Because I noticed really early on that my kids didn't hear don't. And they needed to be told what to do. Stay on the sidewalk. Hold my hand. Stay in the car for a minute while I do whatever. They need that that clear instruction of what to do. Mm-hmm. So when we give ourselves that time and space to really ask ourselves, what do you want? Even if it's just one little thing. Oh, you know what? I want a latte. (laughs) Okay, cool. Go get a latte. Now you know what you want. I want some quiet. I want to go to a party. I want to be around people. I want to inspire someone. I want to make a difference in the world. Whatever the, from small to big, like focusing on the positive. What do I want? What kind of impact do I want to make? How do I want people to see me? Mm -hmm. What kind of leader do I want to be? What kind of friend do I want to be? What kind of parent do I want to be? Whatever it is. What kind of teammate? Yeah, all of the things. And asking that question, I think is just, it's so fun because we get caught up in the how. A lot of my clients, I'll start asking like, what do you want? And they get caught up that I can never have it because I don't have X, Y, or Z, or I can't do whatever. And that's not the question I asked. I didn't ask how. I asked what. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't start with the what or the why, you can't reverse engineer the how. If you don't know where you're going, no matter how fast you go, you're never going to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. And... That is so insightful. I We don't ask ourselves those questions and it, we have to. It's hard because sometimes it's not. We sim- get to. We get yeah. to ask ourselves those questions. <laughs> Very true. It is a privilege that we we get to do that. Yeah. Oh, this has been such an amazing conversation and time has been flying. I'm like, what do you clock? And I was like, I don't want to stop, but I have to. <laughs> then we'll have to do it again sometime. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> well, I'm going to end with the last question, which is... Uh, the same one that I ask every single person on here. Uh, we all go through a unicorn journey, whether we want to or not. It's where we have we're going through difficult situations that are going to transform us into a different person, into a better version of ourselves. That mm-hmm. unicorn that's going to strive for happiness and purposeful living. So, in your field, what can someone do to to go into that adult coaching or go through that transformation from the person that they are now into that unicorn that they sh- they, they can be? I think it just, I listen to this podcast again, because I think it's all about what we all just like, what we both just talked about, the Mm -hmm. asking yourself those powerful questions and not being afraid to not know the answer Mm -hmm. because our minds are super powerful. If we ask a question, our mind is going to look for the answer, whether we're consciously doing it or not. 
Mm-hmm. So when you ask yourself that question of where am I going or where do I want to go? Because how you describe that unicorn transformation is, okay, where am I now? And what is my next level? What is that iteration of myself that is going to be smarter, stronger, healthier, stronger, more bigger, more powerful, more of an influencer, impactor, and inspiration? And I think a lot of us want, we want to make a difference. We want to help people. Mm-hmm. So the idea that I say that I'm sitting with in the season that I'm in is embracing the unique weirdness of myself and trusting that is why I'm here to be that and to offer that and to put that out there to connect with the people that connect with it mm-hmm. and let go of the rest. <laughs> So, yeah, it's about being me. It's about trusting that process that I am exactly who I need to be. I completely love that. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for this wonderful conversation. If someone, if one of the listeners wants to get in contact with you, work with you, or mm-hmm. just wants to stay in touch with what you're doing, how can they do that? There's a couple of different ways. My website is my name, saradeacon.com. So that has everything pretty up to date. What I'm doing, every other way to get in contact with me. I do a free adult successfully strategy session. So they're welcome to enroll in that and connect with me that way. But if you're just feeling like maybe you want to cyberstalk me for a little while, that's <laughs> cool too. I am on most of the social medias at Sarah Deacon Coach. There's no H in Sarah for the, the ones listening. Sarah Deacon <laughs> Coach. And I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. I'm on LinkedIn at Sarah Deacon. Yeah, so I'm on, I'm all over the place. Twitter. I don't know where else. <laughs> I'm all over the place, but I spend most of my time on Instagram and uh, fairly often on TikTok. So Awesome. For listeners, I will be posting all these links in the show notes so you can go ahead and take a look at there and just click it, go right to Sarah Deacon's website. Also, if you go to my website, regozadashconsulting.com, I will have the Unicorn Wall of Fame where you can see all of the guest speakers and their bios. Sarah will be on there. So you'll get to also look it up there. And a few reminders, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. And as always, episodes come out every Friday at 7 a.m. Well, Sarah, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time and talking with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jaime. It was great. (laughs) Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. I truly appreciate you listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on your favorite platform. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. Until next time, this is Dr. Jaime Gabriel Regoza signing off.